And so it is on a rainy morning that you drop Shakir off in front of the bank, Delilah. Same when you were here not so long ago as Mrs. Ardrin. This is a big open plaza that gets a piece of sky, and so, of course, the rain is drilling in like nobody's business. The door to the side of the carriage opens up, and an umbrella comes out, and uh, Shakir, you're dressed for business. Up the stairs you go. Well, she doesn't linger, but she's going to lurk nearby. Well, a little bit up the street is not unheard of, right? Once past the doors, there's the normal uniformed burly sorts of various descriptions, and a bunch of tellers going about their daily business. One of these in particular, a tall red-headed human woman, looks at you from her wicket and smiles. Good morning, sir. How may I help you today? Shakir will remember where he is for a second and then flash the grin that has gotten him in so much trouble with his sister because when he does it to her friends, bad things happen. Good morning. I am here. I need to get into my vault. Ah, yes, of course. Um, Do you have a key? Certainly. And he will fish that out of his pocket with a practiced ease and hold it out to her. Wonderful, thank you. Um, However, before I go any further, I do need you to declare your weapons and please place them in the drawer with your cloak as well. We don't wish to get water on the floor, you understand? Of course, I understand. Shakir will take his cloak off, remove his sword, as well as the pistol that he has strapped to his thigh. She just raises an eyebrow slightly at that and then looks back up at your face and says... Thank you so very much, sir. We do appreciate it. Before we continue, may I ask for your credentials, please? So I'm not calling you sir all the time. And with that, she holds out the smooth glass tablet, common to these sorts of things, for your handprint. Shakir will tug one of his gloves off and place his hand on the tablet. Of course. My name is Shakir. Shakir Eskari. And with that voice verification, the frame of the tablet lights up. And when you take your hand away, there is the lingering impression in light on the glass. When that fades, a three-dimensional hologlyphic portrait of your face appears. Wonderful, Mr. Eskari. Thank you so much. Do you need someone to escort you down, or do you know the way? I know the way. I have been there before. Wonderful. When you are done, just come right back on up to see me, and I'll be sure to give you your items back. Thank you. There's a little blink on your uh, glass panel, Ms. Teller. Oh, that's very odd. It appears that Mr. McManus is already in the vault. I see. Well, I am acquainted with Mr. McManus. We will uh, certainly have something to catch up on. Very well, sir. Welcome to Runelanders. I'm Matt Adam, your host and friendly neighborhood dungeon master, and so it's my job to let you know that Runelanders contains coarse language and things that might offend sensitive listeners, and so listener discretion is strongly advised. Now, if that sort of thing is your sort of thing, then dig, if you will, the mysteries, magic and mayhem, which follow a felonious fellowship's forays from salons and saloons into parlors of power and places unknown in, around, above, and beneath Byzantine Bailey Mina. Having returned from an autumn spent lost in the dream, will our fiends survive the winter in the city of steel and steam? We could tell you all about it, but we'd rather show you. We're the Runelanders. This is Rapscallions.
So get ready, runatics, and let's roll. And with that, Chakir, you make your way through the rows of desks, all behind their neat brass cages atop cubicle walls. Not for the first time, you marvel at all the lights that hang at their different elevations and appear for all the world like the sky full of stars. And then you're in the back hall, next to the lift that takes you down to the floor where the vaults are. It's a couple of, uh, well, it's a, li- it's a ride down the lift, and then two turns in the hallway, presenting your key and handprint again to another guard. And then you walk down a carpeted hallway, which is pleasantly lit, wood paneled, that sort of thing, the sort of thing that they have all over the place at Swans, now that you notice. Eventually, you take a right and then step down into the vault, which has been reserved for St. Theodore's Light Infantry. Shakir takes a deep breath, the kind that he takes before, well, before a fight, and proceeds in. You step down into the vault, and there in the center, as always, is the raised pedestal with the ledger on it. The ledger is open when normally, when you come here, it's closed. Across the room, you can look, and in big flamboyant script, at the top of the page says Ephraim McManus. And when you look over to the far end of the room, there is a human figure standing there with his back to you opening one of the deposit boxes when you come in he stops his hands moving cocks his ear slightly and then finishes opening the drawer he takes the box within out and comes over to the table and as he turns around and comes out of that dim end of the hall there in the comfortable light of the vault for the first time in God. You haven't seen him since you sailed to Kyoinotomi, you bet. Ephraim McManus. Good morning, Captain. <laughs> Lieutenant Ascari. Imagine meeting you here. It is a small world indeed. What have you been up to lately? I take you heard about poor Dugan then. Shakir will harden a little bit of that. His features will kind of uh, crystallize in a way. Yes, I know about Dugan. I was there, you see. Oh, I didn't know that. Although I might have figured what with you two being as thick as thieves and I. I'm sorry for your loss. May I call you Shakir, Lieutenant? It seems odd to keep using rank neither one of us holds. You may, sir. I, I admit, I don't know how easy it will be to call you by your name. Take your time. You were never good at change like that. Anyway, by the book, Ascari, upright and straight. That's why I liked you. That's why we came to find you, after all. Right? And with that, he gives you a, a smile. And the last time you saw him smile, he was covered in blood. So there's that juxtapose in your mind for just a second, and your expression gets a little even harder. McManus doesn't miss this, but also doesn't seem to care. He was a good man, our friend Dugan. It's a hell of a loss for the Empire and all. We should probably get a brandy and remember him sometime. But I'm just here to clean up my monthly stipend. And with that, he presses the two buttons on the front of the box and the top lifts off. He reaches within and pulls out a stack of tens. 
20 of them, in fact. $200. His monthly stipend. Puts it in his pocket, closes the box. Like clockwork every month, you see. It's not bad, mind you. Some of these fellas, they wouldn't have made that. But the point is, you get used to living a certain way, don't you? You do indeed. It's not like $200 is an uh, endless amount of money, but uh, it's how I get by. Well, I've recently picked up a piece of work. Hopefully I won't have to live on this anymore. It's good that it's here, though. Good of you to keep on it. With that, he picks the box up and turns his back to you again and heads off to the dim end of the room. Shakir will, kind of in looking for something to do to make it seem like he's there for another reason, will go over and start looking at the ledger. Well, there's uh, still 13 accounts open on it. The ledger evidently knows before the bank does that Dugan's key doesn't work anymore because you quickly thumb to his page and see that the account has been closed out. There's a loud chunk and a sort of a mechanical clinking and scraping as McManus closes his safe deposit box and then uh, turns around with his hands in his pockets and starts ambling across the room. So tell me about this work you have found. I admit I was not aware of what your aspirations were after leaving the service. I run into a fellow, said he had a bit of security work, some advisory things for me to do. Nothing too strenuous, nothing to ruin my knees anymore, eh, Asgari? Just a bit of light consultation here and there. Nothing wet. It's been a good job that pays fairly decently. Just waiting for the results of my first big contract and uh, maybe I can... Let this build up a little bit, like you do, apparently. As he says, like you do, apparently, you flip to your own page and see that there's a note from the bank asking you to please make a withdrawal of the cash or uh, submit a request to have it converted into larger denominations. Ah, yes. I see what you mean. Have a good day, Ascari. And you, sir. Is there um, some place I can call to arrange for us to have that drink sometime? I've got rooms at the King's Head pub in West Farthing. We should we should catch up. It has been some time. It has been a while. It's good to see you, Shakir. You're getting a little shaggy though. Shaky, we used to call you. Shaggy, I might call you now. I think I prefer the former. All right, Shaky. Take care, mate. Hey, listen, I know it's none of my business and that you're the quality and all, but I might be able to get you a job with this outfit as well for old times. Is that so? That's, uh, yeah, no problem. Here. And he pats his pockets and takes out a card and uh, gets one of those ever full pens that you fill with ink and then put the nib on that leak all over the place if unless they're really high quality even when they're really high quality clearly that's why he's wearing a black jacket but he takes one of those out and writes a bunch of sigils on the back of the card now that's the uh, that's the the mirror sequence for the uh, for the king's head. Just uh, give them a call and ask for me. It's good to see you, mates. And uh, with that, you kind of meet eyes. And he's got one of those like there's just all of his features suggest a big dumb farm boy. You know, like if. If, if he didn't have that evil intelligence behind those cold blue eyes, you know, also the things you've seen him do. 
you might be fooled in thinking he's just, you know, some kid from Estamond or Kiraval, you know? Thank you. I will be in touch. All right. Take good care, then. I'll be, uh, I'll see you. As McManus turns to leave the vaults, he stops, turns to you, and says, Oh, by the way, I, yes, need, to clear the, I need to clear the air for a moment. Oh? Oh, yeah, I, I gotta say, I, I knew that Dugan died pretty much. Well, right after it happened, I found out. I come over to tell you. But your sister was there. Now, I didn't want to interrupt, you see. So I came back a couple days later to find out you'd moved. Shaky, I don't want to put too fine a point on it. But if you need a job, I've got work for you. Think seriously on it and come see me. And with that, McManus turns around and heads off down the hall. So as McManus heads off, you wait for the sound of his footsteps to retreat down the hall before going to your own safe deposit box and opening for the first time, well, on the fourth try, your deposit box. This thing is about five inches deep by a good foot wide by too long. And it is full of stacks of Imperial $10 notes. 200 of them in 50 note piles. Considering the fact that the average Imperial, the considering the fact that the Imperial dollar spends like 100 American, Shakira, I'd say you have enough money to finance your current projects although checking your balance you aren't going to have much left Shakir will stand there and wait and let his breathing even out and wait damn it and then he'll close the vault and start out you stop back at that friendly and helpful teller to get your weapon and cloak and everything else. As usual, they've dried your cloak magically and it's um, it, it's got a momentary warmth enchantment on it. Did you find everything all right, sir? Everything well in your vault? Yes, quite well. Um, could I inquire as to the possibility of having some of those funds converted into a draft? But of course we can do that for you. Um, how much of it would you like to convert into a draft? I need to do some calculations at home. I, I realized I did not have the accurate figures when I came. Unfortunately, I realized this when I was in the vault. Uh, so I will have to return, but I appreciate that this is something that we can do. But of course, sir, anything for our customers. And she flashes you a smile. Shakir will smile and wink. There's definitely a slight flush. And with that, she flushes prettily and presses a button. The gate opens and you are discharged out into the lobby. A moment later, an envelope with a freshly calligraphed, and this is neat. They have these uh, sheets, they, they look like sheets of glass two sheets of glass with enough, just enough space for a piece of paper between them. And you put the piece of paper in the top and it calligraphs in these, in these beautiful universal script. Like, well, when you read it, it, it looks like Catherine because that's what you read best. But uh, your dad says it's in fluent Akkadian. And, uh, you know, you've known other people who do. Anybody can read these things is the point, whether they can read or not. But the draft is quickly printed like this, and uh, she takes it, folds it up, 
puts it in a thick vellum envelope, smashes it closed with a thick gob of wax and the seal of the first bank of Bailey Mina. This is an auto-draft, so that when you decide on a sum, all you have to do is speak it while cracking the seal, and that's how much the draft will be worth. If they can't use it for war, they use it for banking in the Empire. So as you put your cloak back on with its customary flourish and secure your sword belt around your hips, you clear the door and uh, with a bit of looking this way and that, right? There's a lot of places for people to hide in those big columns out behind those big columns out front. But there doesn't seem to be anybody lying in wait, and you once again walk out into the rain, snapping your umbrella open and walking up to the carriage, which you and Delilah really have to dump one of these days. But it's so useful. It is pretty useful, really. But Delilah's waiting for you there in the comfort of the enchanted carriage. And while Shakir probably can pretend good enough to fool strangers, Delilah will know something is up. Also, Delilah has like a ridiculous passive insight. Delilah looks at him for a second and says, I, I take it things didn't go as planned? No. Not at all. What happened? I met an old friend. Yes, hello. Are you hungry? Well, holy smoke, come to Jerry's Bronze Tusk. Number one borscht, number one fish salad, number one beer, all of Bailamina. Why not come tonight? Bronze Tusk's Rusty Axe, 13 Fish Street, in the heart of the Copper Penny Road Entertainment District of Bailamina. This week, featuring two-for-one fish salad and Took's Blogger, the best beer in Bailamina. That's Bronze Tusk's Rusty Axe, Copper Penny Road, Bailamina. Delilah tosses another armful of coats and heavy sweaters down into the alley and frowns. Second one this month, Shakir. After Isaac. This has never happened more than once in a season before. They had hoped it would be over by now, but I, I am sorry to say this is sometimes what happens. I guess so, and I ain't gonna let this nonsense go on in my, my acre, but I feel like it's the whole city these days. War is, it's hard for me to, I, I suppose you could look at it, it is like a disease. It affects people it doesn't even seem to touch. It spreads without really any any reason or consequence, it... I, I wish it had never come to you. She picks up his hand and squeezes it. Could be worse. At least... Well, we got St. Rodrigo's, so even when I'm not around, people around here can get help. We need to set something like that up in the acre. Where would we find them? We cannot let them, cannot send them from here. We need them. Them and the, the, the people here are the only thing that is keeping the Bramble from, well, from being what the acre is. There's plenty of people living in the acre now. I know there's got to be some of them that have a healing bent, and maybe we could get them some training from the doctors and nurses over here. Perhaps. It would be nice if some of them could see how easy it is to keep themselves safe. People in the Bramble do a good job when they, they see one of Despard's men, they uh, very satisfyingly take care of the matter. She smiles. Well, they got better at that in the acre. Some of the Billy Boys came upon one of Despard's men while I was showing Arabet around and he didn't have long to stay. 
I saw in the paper some of the other districts are suffering from some sort of almost ripple effect, more so than you would normally think of. Yeah, there's those kids missing in Farshall, and and that lantern ghost they still ain't caught yet. I've been pretty worried about that myself. I know this this ain't never been a kind place to people, but it's definitely getting worse. Well, not everywhere has you, showing people that it can be better. Not yet, anyway. Well, first we need to take care of this business with Despard, and then we can start showing them that it can be better. I think first we gotta finish getting Ronson out and make sure Mari's safe. Yes, that I did not mean like first thing immediately. She laughs and pushes herself up off the balcony railing and heads in for another armful of whatever Mari doesn't need anymore. When there's a ring from your pockets. Delilah goes very still and fishes out her phone. She flips it open but doesn't say anything. Not yet. I don't have a lot of time, so if you're just going to breathe in my ear... Well, I figure you'd recognize me breathing anywhere. <sighs> Hi, Ben. Hi, Ursa. I'm so sorry it took us so long. Um, you must have had your reasons. I... God, I miss you, Delilah. You have no idea. I miss you too, baby bear. It's a war out here. Why are you involved? As at last I heard, Gallia was going after Copper Penny Row. It was Gallio's people that took you and tried to kill me when I went looking. Oh, that was business. Like, kidnapping me anyway. Uh, what do you mean about killing you? He sent giggles after me. Poor giggles. She was a lot of laughs. Yeah, I was always a little sad that I couldn't get her a better line of work, but I'm not sad enough to die for it. No, of course not. Business is business, babe. Listen. Get out of this. Galio has a strong advantage, and you're just going to get hurt. And when this is all done, Swan's going to let me go, and then I can come home, and we're going to be rich as we're going to be rich as queens, and we can just move anywhere. And just trust me, babe. I've got this. Take your hands off. Oh, so it's getting worse all over up here. That's why we got to get the fuck out of Bailey Mina, Delilah. Ursa, you've met me. I can't leave my mother when she's hurting. Saints and a p- Delilah, your mother left you on a cop's doorstep. She's not the actual city, okay? We have to go and get out of here. This place is, it's, it's garbage. We can start somewhere else. Or we can make it better here. It's exactly what Galio's trying to do. We get out till it all blows over. We can come home in a couple of years. What's your stake in Copper Penny Row? What the fuck has Thrasher ever done for us? How high are the hairs on the back of Delilah's neck standing up right now? You could hang keys on them. For you, I'll think about it, Ursa. Ain't no one else in the world can make me. You gotta know that. Delilah, this is not for us, babe. This is not our thing. Let the old town do the old town thing. Galio's got a plan, and he's, he's, it's a good one. Get, Thrasher's the past. Get out of the way. He won't hurt you, I promise. I'll see what I can do. I love you, Ursa. And the scene cuts to Swan's offices where Ursa slaps the phone shut, looks at Despard and says, there, I fucking said it, okay? Back in the bramble, Delilah drops the phone like it's on fire, looks at Shakir, and as tears are starting to stream down her face, says, we're made.
Well, Autobots, took you your fucking time, didn't it? Yes, I am sorry about that. I should have sent someone that night when I first came by. We'll get to that. In the meantime, are you going to stand there like a fucking fireman? Or are you going to come in and have a scotch with me like a civilized being? Scotch it is. He kind of stomps over to the sideboard where he checks out a couple of diff bottles. And when he finds a couple likely contenders, he sets them aside and pats his waistcoat for his spectacles, which he places on the end of his long, broad goblin nose. A moment later, he decides on the emptier of the two bottles and returns to the desk with it, a bucket of ice, and a couple of tumblers. I think you like this. It's a local distillery. Some of your mates, I understand. Bailey and Took. Yes, they're industrious, they are. This is a ten-year-old. I think you'll like it very much. And he pours you a, his three hobgoblin fingers and then pours himself a likewise full tumbler and sits back in his big comfy seat. Gestures for you to do the same. I take a seat. Take a sip. Well, business first, then? Well, it's kind of a bit of both at all times, but yes. Do you want to start, or shall I? Please, go ahead. Oh, now, see, that was the wrong answer, because you're still the junior member here. Yeah, I know. He snickers at you and has a pull off his scotch. Try again. You go. Where the hell have you been, mate? I knew that was the question. The dream. In short, I've been in the dream. The actual dreaming itself. Yes, the actual dreaming itself. We picked lock between worlds. He considers this as he is savoring his scotch. You don't say you found a dream door. Mirror, to be exact. Where is it now, then? The ragged lady. That's a shame. Whoever had that could uh, cut themselves quite a favorable deal. Indeed. Whoever had that was always working for the ragged lady. Maybe... That's a little beyond my pay grade, however. Well, I was a little beyond mine, too. It's good to see you're back. How do I know you're you, though? Because I lost him. It's a long exhale with that one as Thrasher considers the gravity of what you've said and like a 10-second pause. I lost him. I'm sorry, Bet. Much like you, he was a good boy, but apparently not exactly. Was it terrible? Nobody knows. He walked off and never came back. All the same. Lost is lost. Dead is dead. They're two different things, even in the dream. Indeed, he's not dead. He's just lost. And I'm not sure that's better. I'm sorry for your loss, mate. I've noticed a few things have turned much differently around here. Like, for instance, who the fuck was this baker five years ago, except that I remember him there. So it must have been something important. What baker are you talking about? This fucking bagelman is everywhere, up and down. Oh, bagelmans, yeah. We've been helping his business out a bit. Well, I mean we as in Delilah. You know, now that you think about it, Bet. You can remember having Bagelman's as a kid. Roll an intelligence save, please. Only a 14. You haven't had this memory ever. In fact, while this is undoubtedly manufactured in the same fashion as all the memories you have, including a lot of the ones you don't remember from the dream, this one feels very much like a memory from the dream, and it is no trouble at all to imagine 
that Bagelman's was not Bagelman's, but somebody you knew had a place there. You're sure of it. And it wasn't Bagels they sold. Anyway, it's one of those things, right? Like, it's just a... It's a deja vu feeling, and it's been happening to you every once in a while since you got back from the dream. You've either seen something before or met somebody somewhere. I cluck my tongue for a second. That's not... That's not right, you know. Bagelman's wasn't always Bagelman's, I'm sure of it. No, it was something else before. But now it's Bagelman's. And always has been, it seems. Oh. I see. The Violet Vicontesse. If you mention her name in my house one more time, I'll knock your fucking teeth out. Shut up, she may hear you. Oh, she's listening to me all the time, Thrasher. She's listening to us all, all the time, Arabet. It just never does to say things that she might find interesting. Uh, a lot of truth in that. You're not really here, are you? Not all of you. Yeah, bad things happen. And where is the rest of you gone, mate? Where is your muchness? It's right here, don't you worry, it's coming out. Bloody well better, because you're on the cusp of learning a few things about this city, my apprentice that I couldn't teach you because pretty much since you left this fucking despad son of a bitch has been ramming us up against the wall so when did despad become so hot? I have no fucking idea five years ago he was fuck all and nobody with fuck all and nothing now, all of a sudden, in the last five years, he's grown his organization to challenge even the most powerful masters in Bailey Mina. And it looks like he's having a go at everyone in the old town. Now, I don't understand why that is, but this particular part of it is mine. Had a run-in with him yesterday. Oh, and uh, have you brought me his fucking head in the bag? Oh, come on, if it was that easy, it would have been done already. If anyone could do it, mate, it would be you. Look, the second switch back turned into the third and I fucked it up there. My mistake. Well, that's part of his defense. You can't ever make a straight run away from the place, see? What place? The swans. Swans. Oh, yeah. everyone's, everyone's had a bloody run at swans in their career. Fucking literally everyone of any consequence has swans on their record. You included my Scarface friend. Mm, true. Twice now. So, although that part of the operation was improvised and fucked up by my, myself, I take all full, full rights to it. The rest of the operation was successful. I see. What was it you were trying to do at Swans, mate? Besides, make a great big fucking spectacle of yourself. You know that they've got... They've probably figured out that you were at least partially involved. Oh, I'm certain they know I was involved. But I'm hoping they think I was after Despard. That's the way you better bloody spin it. And if I were you, I'd get down to the guild hall and start making the proper complaints. I will. He looks over at a stack of papers in his outbox. Oh, your taxes have jumped by 10% for the next two years. Both for the payments I had to make to Miss Delray. Congratulations on your shrewd choice of governor in your absence, by the way. She's fantastic. And because I had to do some fucking paperwork for you, and I fucking hate paperwork. But that's all there. That's everything you need to prosecute your suit legally within guild strictures against Galio Despard. I figured filling a second set out with a different name wouldn't hurt. So I prosecute him in the guild? And when that gets us a, what, a reprieve from him? This adds you to his list of legal antagonists 
so you can go blow his businesses up instead of relying on my name to do it. Excellent. So that maybe if he's actually after you, you and he can go over there and settle it and leave me the fuck alone. You said that five years ago he got acumen. I know, mate. I said that recently he got acumen. I said that five years ago he was nobody. He was barely a journeyman. He certainly didn't have any turf. He worked out, what, two, three blocks when that beggar king died. It was open. Do you remember that? I urged you to join the guild then. Maybe carve out a nice little stead for yourself. He's working with Swan. Well, of course he's working with Swan, mate. He's got big mouth and he's a shite thief. So what does he want? Like, not desperate. What does Swan want? What do you mean, what does Swan want? Swan is like any other businessman in Bailey Mead who wants to make money. What he's got in that citadel of his, I'd give both of your eyes and one of your nuts for. Well, my nuts aren't worth that much. He's got a free safe harbor. Do you know what that means? It means he gets boats in and out for free. And it means that somehow he's convinced the Imperators themselves not to look there. Consider the implications of that. From where he is, there's no port there, is there? You know yourself, he moves his most expensive goods through the booster on special cars that you only ever see in the Skyway, where they can't be touched. I've been speaking with your protege. Well, that little gang of miscreants that you've been misguiding the last few years and it turns out that your failure led to their success they managed to bust a job i'm thinking of promoting mumbles good for you now hear me out i'm buying malins well that means you'd have to buy into copper penny road i'm buying malins and moving malind out i see She's leaving. For good? For good. Immediately? As soon as I set Mumbles up to take over, yes. Well, I won't spoil the surprise, but I'd like to pay my respects. She's been a long-standing colleague and acquaintance, and I've passed many a pleasant evening in her company. She's a great conversationalist, your mum. You shouldn't be so hard on her. I'm saving her life. I know, mate, but she came to Bailey Mina for a reason. Scotch gives us gifts, and with that he lifts his tumbler up and drains it. Mm, Scotch gives us gifts. And I lift mine up and drain it. Are you looking for the perfect gift, but it eludes you? Search no more, friend. All you seek will be found at Calder's Curios. I am Master Lock Calder, purveyor of the finest curiosities and small wonders, antiquarian by royal appointment. From anniversaries to Erastine to Rune's Day gifts, everything you seek can be found at Calder's Curios. Visit us today in Queensbridge. No gift too small, no purchase too large. So back to Despard for a moment. Well, yeah, he's a fucker, all right. But he's not a great fighter, and he was never much of a thief. What he was good at is... Well, he was a great cracksman. He was good at that. He could break in anywhere. So, to have him working for Swan makes sense to me, and it's kind of an open secret in the guild that he does anyway. You need more than one apprentice at a time, by the way, to work the guild hall properly. I need an apprentice first. Then I suggest you get one, Master Arabet. 
perhaps that could be a reason to visit the Guildhouse, which you haven't in months. I was planning to go clear at Despart's office anyway. I don't think that would be advisable, but I do think going there and mentioning that you've been off collecting allies from very scary places and coming up with a few good names for those very scary places might help you. Right. I will do that then. Oh, by the way, I've heard that uh, Scar set up a garage. Oh, you've done more than it. It's, yeah, he surely has. I think he can fix one of those new trucks. I'm planning on repairing one. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. He's a whiz with all machines. I'm actually more impressed with the way that goblin has taken over for old Grenick. Padfit was his name. Just a wee goblin. Who knew he was such a bloodthirsty little bastard? Well, Tim did, I guess. He must have. Anyway, out of bet. I've held on. My, I've held on to mine fairly well and right now I've got this bird at bay but he's come up with some right clever things and I get the sense that he's holding off you need to get involved in this properly and now I will do that and then I'm going to start collecting thumbs as you will, Thumbcutter. Anyway, dinner's served. And with that, these two goblins, just your everyday goblins, come walking in from the kitchen. And uh, there's a couple of lobsters steamed with, you know, butter and various seasonal and appropriate vegetables. Seafood. He gestures at the window, which looks out into the firth under the water. And he's like, gives you a well yeah look yeah very nice I uh, hadn't expected lobster and that's very good he takes a claw pulls it off throws it in the mouth and tire and chews on it with a crunch and a big smile dips his bread in the garlic butter bites the end off it you know proper goblin table etiquette I uh daintily tear mine apart too. Well, you eat with the best goblin manners that you can, which would shock and, and, and dismay any proper member of Bailey Mina society, but this is really sweet. And here in the moments before the gathering storm, Arabet, I gotta say, it feels pretty good to just have dinner with your old master. That's true. Got about this and about that for the rest of the evening. And once you've had enough scotch, that you probably shouldn't have any more scotch if you want to get home to the acre. You stop by the bar to grab a bottle of brandy and let yourself out the back door. Joe is waiting and takes the bottle of brandy that you hand him. Take care, Joe. Thanks, bud. You too. And with a tip of your cap, you head off into the pouring rain. Runelanders is recorded live and curated, produced, and edited by me with indispensable help from Cassie Goodwin-Harrison, Matthew Harrison, Chris Stockavaz, Greg Setnick, and Carrie Copley. All the usual people played all the usual parts, and if you want to know more about them, you can find out all about them, all about the little Easter eggs that I scattered through these episodes, and so much more at runelanders.com. Watch for our vastly improved website. 
coming up soon. That'll about do it for this episode. Next time on Moonlanders, we're gonna have some wicked awesome fun. You have to check it out. We'll see you then. I'm DM Matt Adam. I'm DM Good Guy. Reminding you to roll high and don't die. Until next. Take good care. Yeah. <laughs>